Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends and tactics from some of the world's most innovative minds in music. I'm artist manager and consultant, Jordan Williams. And I'm Sam Heisel, co-founder of the music marketing and content production agency, Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, Sam? Well, what's happening? How you doing, boss man? Good, good. How yeah, I, I would say I, I would say the way you responded to that is exactly how I feel. It's like good, but you know, shit's still hitting the fan. Shout out to the protesters, yeah, yeah. though. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, excited to excited to get into this episode, man. Um, we got Dave Mojado, head of artist marketing at United Masters. Uh, we've been trying to set this up for, for months and, uh, you know, it took a pandemic to, to finally get everything together, but I'm glad we did. Um, for those who don't know, United Masters is a distribution service, uh, but they offer so much more. They offer brand access. They give you the tools like, you know, making a smart URL, which puts together links for, for your recent releases, um, they do that automatically when you when you come out with a song and, and provide that to you. They give you information on your 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 fans so you can better connect with them. Essentially, and he'll explain this too, is they're trying to operationalize independence. So in this episode, we not only get to how United Masters can help independent artists sustain their careers, but also how independent artists can do that on their own. So I'm really excited to get into it. And uh, what'd you think, Sam? Yeah, I thought it was incredible. It was good to be able to speak to some of the higher level trends when it comes to how artists are more and more able to create their own leverage as independent artists and whether or not they want to stay independent or just use that leverage to get more favorable deals with record labels, I think is really powerful. So diving into some different tactics there was super helpful. I think Dave also has experience working very closely and directly with some artists that have done incredible things, both through his work with United Masters, as well as his work uh, beyond Rock Nation, Stream Cuts. I mean, he's worked with and really helped aid in the development and promotion of NLE Shoppa, Gunna, Young Bands. I mean, these are all artists, incredible artists and incredible things. So I think Dan has tons of very unique and valuable perspectives. So so really excited to, to dive in. If you haven't already, I definitely encourage you guys to just check out United Masters. I think it's a, it's a powerful tool if you're an independent artist looking to to, to grow. Build that leverage. That's the new 2020 theme of music business podcast listeners. Leverage. <laughs> Build that, that leverage. leverage. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, awesome. without any further ado, let's let's get into the episode. Yo, Dave, what's up, man? Thanks for coming out virtually. Jordan, what's going on, man? Thank you for for having me on the on the show. It's been a, a little long time coming. We've been trying to coordinate this for a while. I know somebody asked me earlier today um, who reached out to who first, and I like literally forgot. I was, I was, I was like, I, I mean, I know we've been texting for months, but like, I forgot how I came across Dave. But glad, glad you're finally on. Thank you. Um, I, Thank I guess just for starters, like elevator pitch, like what you know, what what type of stuff have you done in the music industry, and and when did you join it? Man, um, I, I guess I started in college, like most people in the industry, in uh, mm-hmm. Did an internship with uh, Jermaine Dupree's dad uh, at Malden Brand Agency. So essentially, I was was working on the Scream tour uh, during the prime, like when Bow Wow, Marianne were like really thriving, like Teeny Bop, kind of like all the girls were going crazy over them. Um, so that's where I, I got my start. Worked a little bit of radio, was college rep for Atlantic, 
records. But then uh, after I graduated school in Tampa, um, I moved to Atlanta where I just hit the ground running. I was working with an artist named Verse Simmons. Um, he's a Grammy nominated songwriter eventually. Um, so worked with him for six years uh, around the time when he had records for Chris Brown on the X album. Uh, also had uh, cuts on Jay-Z and Kanye's Watch the Throne. Uh, he did the Who Gonna Stop Me cut. Um, and after we stopped working together, um, you know, I was really seeing the shift in the music business. So that's when I kind of started diving into uh, streaming analytics, uh, insights on dashboards. Like I was getting hooked up into Next Big Sound and I just really dove into like the digital marketing marketing space, the streaming space, just kind of like, it was, I felt like I was going to school again because I was re-educating myself on how the business was changing. Um, so around that time, I, I ran into this attorney who was getting ready to start this company called Stream Cutting in Atlanta. Um, and I made a deal with him where it was basically, he gave me office space to do consulting uh, as long as I had conversations with his artists. Like, so he'll pull me in um, and talk to the artists about marketing strategy and rollout. Um, and then uh, eventually started working with them in more of a full-time capacity. Uh, the first artist I signed to the company was Gunna. Um, worked closely with uh, Young Bands, uh, briefly with Young Nudie, uh, but like artists now like that are really starting to thrive uh, out of the Atlanta scene, like Mulatto, uh, uh, Young Baby Tate, Anne-Marie, were all artists that I was uh, collaborating on and uh, putting input in. Um, and then just from success from the Gunner like movement, uh, I was starting to have a lot of conversations with people outside of the company. And uh, one of those conversations was with Rock Nation. So I went to Rock Nation, moved to New York, uh, was there for uh, some time. And then uh, where I'm at now, uh, it led me to an opportunity to lead the marketing efforts at United Masters. That's amazing, awesome. man. Yeah. Huge congratulations. Thank Sounds you. Sounds like a fun, fun roller coaster ride. Yeah, hey, I was, I was gonna say, <laughs> Amory and Gunner, you know, different parts of the different parts of the industry for sure, but both very, very talented artists. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I guess in like your own word, your own words, what is the vision for and the mission of United Masters for those who don't know? Um, well, United Masters is operate operationalizing independence. So when you think about. Uh, for so long, artists had to go through a major label to be able to put their music or put their art out to the world. Um, things have changed, obviously, uh, as we, we talked about, uh, you know, everything from digital to streaming, uh, all these things became, uh, lowered the barriers of entry to the, for artists and being able to distribute your music, uh, maintain your masters so that way you maintain that ownership uh, are some of the things that we preach upon. So. Uh, you know, the company was started three years ago by obviously Steve Stout, CEO. Um, and with the idea of like, yo, we want to be able to make everything, uh, it make it easier for artists to be able to put their music out. Um, so last year, July 4th, we launched a mobile app. Uh, so essentially it's a record company in your pocket. So everything from uh, delivering your music, uh, uploading your artwork, uh, then when you deliver your songs to all the DSPs through the app, you then uh, see your streaming data. Uh, you then see your financials. And that was a big deal because, like, historically in the music business, there was really no transparency on 
like how well is your your projects performing or how how much money are you actually generating so uh we wanted to bring transparency and and the biggest thing that I would say the differentiator between ourselves and another distribution company is uh, is, uh is the brand exclusives so uh you know we have partnerships with uh the NBA uh last year we also uh did a partnership with NBA 2K and a number of other companies where you shouldn't have to be a uh, artist signed to a major label to be able to have your song synced in a commercial or synced in a video game or uh to have your song in a uh in a movie right and um you shouldn't have to be signed to a major label to be able to have some brand money to help you pay for some of your your rollout or some of your content so everything from Bose we uh Bose came in and we did a partnership with them where they uh did some video content for a, a number of our artists um same thing with Ralph Lauren uh sponsored an artist's tour uh so in in exchange for some content uh created so you know we want to be able to add value to artists in ways that are um outside of the box and for independent artists who have a voice a lot of these bigger brands want to work with uh be a part of the story from from the beginning mm-hmm. that's super cool so when it comes to you, and I mean I think it's so it's smart too from not only for uh, emerging artists that are looking for a valuable resource to go about marketing their own music, but just from like the team you guys see style. I mean, just the macro trend of like, yeah, way more independent artists are emerging. How can we create uh, an organization that gives them tools, but then ultimately becomes this kind of like what a modern day record label is like? But so I mean, can you dive into that when it comes to the notion of like some of the, the specifics as far as how you differentiate yourself from you're providing these opportunities for musicians, but they still are able to retain the, the, their ownership on their actual music, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's, it's just like a distribution deal. Um, the only difference is we do 90-10 and we never own your masters. So you retain ownership of your masters and that's important because, uh, you know, that's part of what you're, like as you're trying to build your legacy and, and want to be able to leave something alone for your kids and their kids, like you want to be able to maintain these, these masters. Um, so many people know when you go sign a, a label deal, it's changing a little bit now. If you go sign to a major, uh, the percentages is upside down, right? Like you can never recoup because you're at a either 18 to 22% royalty. And, you know, it, it's impossible for you to be able to thrive in, in a situation like that after, you know, the momentum and the hype of, your, whether it's your single or your album and, and time passed. That's why you see so many artists are, are complaining that they want to get out of their deal, right? They, they mm-hmm. don't have control of, of when they can release their projects. They, you know, when you're independent, especially in a time like a pandemic that we're in, you want to be able to release music uh, whenever you want to, right? How can yeah. you thrive in a, in a time like this? Because you're competing against some other priority artists and you can't release music when you want to, right? So mm-hmm. like the, the freedom to be able to release music at any given time, uh, to be able to align with, anytime you get a sync opportunity, you know, you're able to uh, ascertain or decide if you want to be able to approve that going in. Like, you don't want to give up those rights. And like, this is, the record labels are going to make money off of your project forever, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And you want to be able to own, maintain that ownership. And, you know, nowadays the labels are coming in and, and throwing big bags of money at you, like. Arizona Zervas, like multi-million dollar deal, right? Yeah. 
you know, uh, for many artists, that's not a reality that you'll ever have that moment. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's incredible, man. Yeah, you can it's be super exciting. You can be independent. You could still have be relatively successful and have a, a consistent check coming in your account every month. Yeah, no, that's powerful and excited to see that general trend take place in the music industry. I mean, it, I think we've spoken about this, and I know it's like an argument a lot of people love to have around like the merit of signing with a major record label. So let's have it. So I think a lot of people, I mean, our perspective or my personal perspective, I mean, it's like there's three things that are valuable from a record label when you sign with a major record label or like a subsidiary imprint within one. Funding, um, playlist placement, and A&Rs. So A&R, mainly from the perspective of being able to match make connections to help enhance the quality of an artist's music, right, once they've actually been signed. Um, from your perspective, like, what are, do you feel like you work at United Masters now? You have experience working with tons of artists that have been signed and have deals with major labels. Like, what, where do you see, when does it make sense to sign with a major label? When does it not? Is it necessary in today's day and age? I mean, you know, I'll never tell an artist like, yo, do not sign to a major label because obviously every artist does what's best for them in their situation, right? But mm -hmm. if you are going to sign to a major label, you want to be able to build leverage, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to to build traction on your own, be self-sustained and going to the studio and record. Most of these artists that are like, that are uh, making music, they're not getting their songs mixed and mastered. Like fans don't even know the difference sometimes, right? So sitting in the studio for 12 months to record an album doesn't hold the same value as what it did back in the day, right? Most of these artists are able to collaborate digital, right? They can record mm -hmm. their tracks and then send it to, for a feature or send it back to the producer and never meet the producer. We have tons of stories like that in our platform where artists are coming into our platform. They have never met the producer. They've never been in the room with the mix engineer and they're putting this music out and they're becoming the top trending song on TikTok, right? Right. And they're building momentum. That's how with, Town Row came together, right? Yeah. And, and these artists are building momentum. Because they're producers. And exactly. So they're building the momentum on their own um, and building traction. So, like, really at that point, what is the label doing for you? Right? So mm -hmm. there's, there's value that a major label can do uh, from a funding standpoint, right? But if you're building up enough traction, you know, the deals that – it becomes like multiples, right? Because – the deals that they'll offer you, you'd make some of that money back in a matter of maybe four months if you, you're really thriving. If you got a, a couple projects in the system, like Russ posted a picture maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago on uh, social where he was like, yo, independent is the way. And he showed mm -hmm. from two songs alone that they was both over seven figures in yeah. royalties off of two songs. And right. I think he had over 300 songs in his catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, no, I love it. And I think we'll see more and more artists realize that they can build that leverage on their own. When it comes to, um, when it comes to the, like the specific, and I'm excited to dive into how you kind of support artist marketing within United Masters, because I think there still is like value and merit to external support when it comes to marketing artists. Mm -hmm. Um, but while we're on the topic, I mean, other alternatives to United Masters, like 
I think you guys do a great job when it comes to a lot of the, I mean, you speak to being able to own data and have better understanding as to who your customers and listeners actually are. Um, when you do start to look at other distributors, DistroKid, CD Baby, these other kind of like DIY tools in which independent artists can go about distributing their music, like what's the, the value of using something like United Masters instead? I mean, like, honestly, it's a, a big piece of that is the, uh, the brand exclusives, right? Um, we have tons of stories where artists are getting their songs on NBA uh, commercials, uh, NBA social clips, um, being included in NBA 2K, the soundtrack. So as other distribution companies are just stopping at sending your music to Spotify, like we're sending your music to uh, NBA, NBA 2K, well, we have a couple partnerships that are coming down the line that will soon to be announced that are, are going to be able to change the way that artists think about, like, yo, what do I really need <laughs> from another? Like, yeah, I can do upload on my own, but I do want to have some of those kind of label services that a United Masters can provide for me. Mm-hmm. Do you um do you know uh, some of the people that were on that 2K soundtrack? Because it was, it was one of my friends from college, actually. Um, me and him haven't talked in a while, and he was on the soundtrack. And I was like, how did he how did he get on the soundtrack? Cause it's not like he's, he's super yeah. famous or anything. So I was wondering like, you know, what are some of the names, I guess, just so I, his name is Dane Carter, but I was like, is he, is he, when you were, you know, as you were talking, I was like, is he on United Masters? Maybe, maybe not. But even then that's, that's super awesome that you guys, that you guys can do that for, um, for smaller artists. Yeah, so for sure. in terms, in terms of just like your history, well, how many artists is, is roughly on the United Masters platform right now also? Oh man, we have, over six figures. I don't think we've like publicly <laughs> how many, but it's it's a lot right. of money, you know. And right. Think, uh, awesome. It's growing rapidly on a monthly basis. It's not uh, <laughs> like a slow crawl. Like we're rapidly racing towards um, a large amount of, of artists on our platform. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I have two questions. I guess I'll ask them in succession because they're both kind of big questions. One is. Generally, as your role at artists of, of head of artist marketing, um, how does how do you think that defers at kind of like this tech uh, music industry hybrid like United Masters versus another more traditional record label? Um, like what I think of in particular is you guys also, in addition to you doing regular or more uh, predictable marketing tasks for these artists, you guys also allow artists to have tools where they can market themselves in the app. So like how much of your pool is, you know, kind of being a product manager and being like, hey, this is how I would market artists. Maybe the artist should have access to this in the app, that sort of thing. So I yeah. guess, you know, how do, how do they compare and, uh, you know, your role, how does it change when it's at a company like United Masters versus traditional record label? Yeah. So like when you're at a traditional record label, you have a lot more control over uh, timeline, budget, where you're going to allocate money. Um, and obviously when you're independent, um, the artist has more say. Right. So a lot of times we work closely with the artists that we consider as like the priority artists in our platform and we'll help them uh, build out their marketing strategy, help them build out their digital strategy. And then we'll have conversations. It's two way where we'll, we're like, yo, these are the things that we're suggesting. And this is the way that we can we can uh, make it happen. So um, major label system, product managers driving the car. It's like you have your, your artist is your franchise, your own franchise of a company and you're managing all the day-to-day uh, elements of it. So whether you're, you're dealing with PR or whether you're going to the radio department, whether you're going to digital, you're driving that 
that vehicle to make sure that everyone is inside the building is excited. At United Masters, because we're such a, of a hybrid type company, we have all these different elements within the company from creative to uh, video production. We have uh, graphic design. Uh, so some of the same things that a major label would have that you got to fight for to be able to, to, to get good resources. Because we're such a small team, we're able to be able to get more done in that, in that fashion. So working hand-to-hand, just advising the artists on strategy. Uh, to your point about uh, the tools that we have in platform, like we built our own master link, uh, which is, is a competitor to Smart URL or Linkfire. And like, as soon as you deliver your music and it's approved in our platform, we automatically generate a pre-save for you. So we don't just stop at the pre-save. We also have a, a widget on the master link that allows you to connect or collect fan data. So you're able to collect phone numbers, emails from your fans, and then be able to, to be able to send text messages or be able to export that list and send emails. So it's all about building that data so that way you can own your audience without having to deal with another platform. Mm-hmm. And that was actually going to lead me kind of to my next question is when you have that many artists on a platform, how do you make sure that they're all, that they're all being serviced in the right way? And from what it sounds like, it sounds like you're also, you know, not just helping the priority artists, but you're putting together tools and resources that as soon as you sign onto the platform, you have access to that can kind of simulate what, um, you know, what many late record labels would give you access to. You know, we had somebody at, EQT when I was at EQT that that part of their job was just to make smart URLs. It was like when the record when the record came out, it was like you yeah. know you knew who to hit to get a smart URL. So that's super dope that you guys kind of do that automatically. Yeah, no, for sure. Like so, like uh, we did this this uh, activation with Snapchat. So like there was a couple artists in our platform that like random artists that we just was like, yo, this is a dope record. We submitted to Snapchat and they use it in one of their global lenses. So like that's huge. A matter. In a uh, in a day's time, you're getting so many impressions to your your master link and to your song that you can build momentum, right? Um, then when there's other opportunities, we we read the data like we our A and R research team is they're some of the best of the business because they're like crunching numbers, they're watching stream counts, um, they're watching how fast your social is growing, and the artists that are we start to see build some traction, we just start opening up more opportunities for them, like. Hey, this brand is looking for this song for a commercial. All right, cool. This song is performing really well this week. Uh, one record that's doing really well is the, I think, number three song on TikTok this week, uh, or number three song on Global and US Viral 50 is uh, BMW Kenny, Wipe It Down. Like, so a couple of weeks ago, it was like the number one trend on TikTok. You know, like, and this is a kid who uploaded a song and the next week it goes viral on TikTok. And now he has every major label knocking on his door and he, he's building leverage. Yeah, no, it's powerful, man. It's super amazing. Given I mean, your experience, I mean, you're working with a lot of artists uh, you just kind of referenced a couple of specific examples. And I mean, even within United Masters and even prior and other elements of your career, like what do you think constitutes a great rollout? I think I mean, there's tons of different factors at play. So when you're really trying to, kind of laser in and think about a, a, a robust rollout strategy, where are you putting your focus and making sure crossing those T's and dotting those I's? Yeah, it's different for every artist um, mm-hmm. because every artist has something different that is like that you're going to lean on to. Uh, but typically, like when I'm sitting with an artist and I'm really invested in their project, 
I really try to like lock in on the narrative first, because if I understand like who that artist is and that artist is understands who they are and what that project means, then you can start telling different stories, right? You can tell stories through content. You can tell the stories as you start to align other things in the rollout. Like it makes sense to align with this fashion brand because this artist is aligned in that space or it aligns like with the artist's mission. So like I always start with the narrative and then build out like, okay, well, what's the messaging strategy, right? How am I going to message this out to his fans in the marketing, right? Um, and then what are the tactics going to be? So like, what am I going to do? Like the drivers like that are going to drive the narrative and the messaging strategy out to the world. So it's, you know, I usually just start with the narrative, but there's always different layers. And like for, for different artists, there's different things that start to show its head first. And then you just mm-hmm. kind of like lean into those things. Yeah. That's so sick. so I had reference a, any specific examples? Sorry, there? go ahead, Sam. Yeah. For, like, I feel like storytelling is it's a powerful concept and narrative, but in practice, it can stump people sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I was I was actually off the back of that. Um, I worked with a client a couple years ago who, you know, we, we did the same thing that you that you did. It was like, what's the narrative? Uh, you know, what's the message that you're trying to portray? And the narrative just wasn't that exciting. So, like, you know, once you get deeper into that narrative, what are some of the things that you also look for um, that you think? people will align to and then to get back to Sam point, Sam's point when have you kind of seen all of that the narrative the message all of that come together in the artists that you work with um yeah for sure like so one of the one of the the narratives that was like really clear was uh NLE Chopper um and obviously a lot of people know that he had like really quick success off of Shot of Flow and Shot of Flow remix um and then eventually went and did um a partnership with uh Warner Music uh, Warner Records. And uh, this past December, we we rolled out the last project that we had with him. Um, but he's already had success, right? So we, we released this project called Cottonwood that he was really passionate about, like, yo, I want to tell the story about where I'm from, right? So uh, with Cottonwood being Cottonwood Road that he, he grew up on, so we had to tell the story, like, yo, this is the story of a kid who Wrote, went from uh, school bus to tour buses. Like he's a kid who had success seemingly overnight, and this is what happens when the whole world is in your basically in your shit when you're only 16 years old, right? So people start to criticize you. Uh, people are right. in business, and you still are just a kid. Like you just want to live your life. So through Cottonwood, like we started to align with some of the things that were passionate to him that other kids can relate to. Mm. Chopper is a hooper, right? So we align Chopperwood or Cottonwood with a mobile basketball game. So like we we developed this uh this thing called Top Shotter basketball game, where es- essentially it was just basically a game that was streaming his music, and it was just like a like a hot shot basketball game, right? And those were just things that we just wanted to make sure that people knew, like yo, everything aligned with who he was as a person, and at where he was in his life. And we just kind of like started, like marketing is supposed to not feel like marketing, right? And that, that's why I always feel like good marketing feel, doesn't feel like marketing at all. So we was always trying to find creative ways to be able to make that and bring that to life. Cool. That's awesome. Um, 
you actually already answered the question, but just to shout out Ethan on our Patreon, he asked what are a few things that you guys did well to amplify and fan the, the flames of NEL and Ellie Choppa. I think you pretty much just answered that. So um, thank you for that. Um, so, you know, I show an artist that you just helped recently, Storm. My friend Kyle helped out. Um, how do you, so obviously you're in marketing. It's not like you're specifically in the A&R department, but one thing that you told me is that, you know, you just liked her music, so you wanted to see how you could help. How do you come across artists like that? And then what activations do you think make the most sense for them? Whether they're at the stage that Storm is at or if they're bigger artists, like how do, how do you kind of decide uh, what the next step is and how do you find those artists in the first place? Yeah, so like in Storm's case, we was we went uh, live on IG. Like so every Tuesday we, we go live um, and do this IG open mic. And she jumped on and... Like I was hosting a couple of them and one of our A&Rs, Andre, who does a really good job at hosting, like he he jumped on and hosted it that night. And as soon as I heard her voice, she was playing the guitar. I was like, yo, this is something special. But I saw something special because I also knew that we had just launched this like IG live series with Victor Oladipo and the NBA on the NBA socials. And we had artists that were going on and performing on like so... We had this show with T-Pain and Anthony Hamilton co-hosted. And I was like, yo, Storm would be, an incredible story would be this girl, she came onto our IG Live, you know, during the pandemic of all times and has incredible talent. And we put her on the NBA social channel. Like, so immediately her social following grew. Immediately uh, her monthly listeners grew. So it shows like the power of like our brand exclusives. Had we had not had that that partnership with the NBA and developed this uh, NBA and Apple Music baseline playlist for independent art- artists, we wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to put them put her on what I would call the main stage on the NBA's channel. So it's a lot of times it's, it's taste, right? So you hear something that you like, you either bring in some, an artist to the platform to utilize, and then you just work and find ways that you can plug them into the opportunities. Yeah. No, that's super cool. I think it makes a lot of sense too. Really, just trying to make sure you're tying the brands back to um, stuff that's in line with their narrative, and making sure it's this very like mutually beneficial, authentic thing. It's um, super cool. When it comes to like the, do you ever feel like United Masters is just becoming like another record label? No, nah, I don't think so because I, I know I, I know where we're what we're trying to do and try to build and where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we talk about operationalizing independence, like that's really what we're doing. Like, so we're creating all the tools that you possibly would need as an artist. So that way you don't feel like the stress of like, yo, I can't make it or I can't be successful unless I go to a major label. And uh, that's one of the most exciting parts of my job because I get to collaborate with our team in San Fran who's building our product. I get to collaborate with our ad agency at translation, translation team on projects. Um, so and in addition to our team in, in New York. So like, it's a really fulfilling job because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work. It's like, yo, when you come That's up right. and kind of be in the music business, you know, you actually see firsthand, like the work that you're putting in, artists are benefiting and you're able to change their lives. You know, right. so I'm seeing kids who literally are 17 years old, 18 years old, and just upload their first song, like Lil Zell, just, I think he's 17 or just turned 18. He just put out his first song and he, uh, number one song on TikTok, number one song on viral charts for multiple weeks. And 
uh, every label was knocking on his door to give him money. You know, yeah. so, um, you know, what we're doing at United Masters is actually changing lives. We're, we're creating tools for artists to be able to be educated. Um, as you see from the social, like we make sure that we're, we're being transparent about the industry, but then also like giving free game, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We just launched this, this tool called UM Lab, which basically is a series of different webinars and different uh, resources for artists to be able to, to use. So we're, whether we're having interviews with managers, um, we're having uh, content pieces that we'll uh, share inside of our platform. So if you're a United Masters artist, like there's so many things that's coming down the line um, that you can benefit from. It, it behooves you to be independent. Totally. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, it's fascinating to see to the shift that I think it's, I know it's the barriers of entry, like you referenced have definitely gone down a lot and there's been a major kind of like surge as far as like how much people are distributing their own music. I think it's still like the tip of the iceberg though, when it comes to like how much power major record labels, like if you really look at like the top 100, how dominant their like stronghold still really is at, at that tier. But I think, that is not to discourage independent artists. I think that's literally going to change drastically over the next five to 10 years, because I think what's also, I mean, it's like not only is the mechanism of like literally distributing music been kind of democratized, but also just the mechanism and means of actually accessing fans through social media and being able to build an audience through content. So that to me gets exciting. I mean, you you guys both, and I mean Jordan, you as well too. I mean, you feel like we'll, over the course of the next five to ten years, like we'll just continue to see this, this shift, if not even faster and more so than it is now. So, the artist, me at least, is is um, on the Billboard Hot 100 and in, in the top, and they're signed to a major label. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were always signed to a major label. So it doesn't really tell mm-hmm. like all the story. Like the artist could be. An artist that started off on United Masters got really on United Masters, cashed out on a major label, and now that's you know now they're in the ten. You know what I mean? I do think that artists need to sign. I do think artists will need to sign as early, um, and that and the, and the distance. I, did, I think the distance between how early sign, artists sign to their major label um, is 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 going to expand. So like, if I make a song or I'm, 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 an, I'm an artist, an independent artist, um, and I, I might not sign to a label a year into my career. I might sign to a label four or five years into my career. It might, it might just be later, you know? So mm-hmm. to answer your question, I think it depends on how, how major, um, how major those respond to that, respond to independent artists getting big. And then are they giving them what they want when they want to use that as leverage? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if not, they'll stay independent and then they'll end up in the top 10. (laughs) Yep. I agree with you 100%. Like, I think that a lot of artists have, uh, you know, have built leverage independently. Like, 21 Savage is a perfect example. He built leverage and then went into a deal where he was able to maintain ownership of his masters. You know what I mean? Like, that... That's what this all, this whole thing is about. It's forcing the labels to have to change the way that they do the handle their business, and and by educating and equipping the artists with the tools. Like, let's be honest. Like TikTok is part of every label's major labels like strategy. They're trying to yeah. throw legacy artists on TikTok and run campaigns for legacy artists because they can't figure out how to market them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so what? Like when you start thinking about it, it's like, yo, what exactly is the label doing for you? 
unless you just have a, a really dope product manager that's really passionate about you. But there's a lot of artists that sign to a major label that might have signed to prematurely that are really talented and have a lot of stuff that they can put out to the world, but nobody can hear their voice because they can't put out the music or they're not a priority. And that's yeah. the part that's, uh, that's disappointing. For sure. I mean, and from your perspective too, I mean, as somebody that's worked with a lot of artists at a lot of different stages, I mean, when it comes to building that leverage, what are other tactical areas of focus? I know we dove deep into the, kind of the rollout phase of like this general like artist marketing life cycle, but there's a lot of other like areas of focus and times when artists should be marketing uh, when it's not like rollout time. So when, when, when you're thinking about helping, if, if, if you had to speak with an artist, I know it's hard to, you can't generalize, but like, what are some of the specific recommendations you'd make for artists that are early on in their career that are looking to build up that leverage? Yeah, I mean, the big piece of it is like building that fan base that's off platforms. You know what I mean? Like the, your ability to be able to communicate with your fans allows you to take them anywhere. So if you're on Twitch, if you're a gamer, you can, if you have a, a relationship and you have a database of your fans, then you can start bringing your fans to Twitch so that they're engaging with you in a different way, right? If you're uh, into fashion, you can start launching uh, a fashion brand or a merch line but you own your audience, so now you're pushing your your fans to something totally different that is not just about the music. And now that's that means they're buying into your personal brand. And when we're talking about leverage, that's leverage right there. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times these artists go and do the deals because the label throws them a $4 million deal or $8 million deal, and they jump on that money because they have lack of resources. But if you're able to own that audience and build it slow over time and gradually over time, and you start interacting with your fans in different ways and finding ways that you can monetize off of your fans, mm -hmm. you're no longer, like, you, you've built leverage now, so you don't have to jump on that deal as soon as they throw the first offer at you. You can leverage yeah. to get a licensing deal, so that way they're licensing the music from you, right? You maintain the ownership. And that's what's going to be able to make a lot more artists uh, in the future a lot more successful for a longer period of time. You know, this artist that signed to a major label that's going to, to companies, to, to Wall Street, to sell off their royalties. And this is like facts. So, you know, like we want to be able to equip our artists and help our artists. Yeah. yeah. Like the education about the business and be financially savvy so that way they know like, yo, that million dollars is not really a million dollars that they just offered you. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I think one of the big people in my life um, where I was a fan when they started making music, it didn't matter what it sounded like was Cardi B. <laughs> Cause I've been a Cardi B fan from seeing her on reality television, seeing her on Twitter, seeing her on Instagram for so long. Like by the time the album came out, I was going to listen to it anyway. And that's because that's because she got me as a person convinced in her personal brand. You know what I mean? It was much bigger than the music. So. Yeah. I mean, even like Tory Lanez, like perfect example, like, yeah, he had a project coming out, but like, I think the quarantine has this, I feel like I know Tory Lanez, like what he stands for now, right? And his personality, because from quarantine radio, for him to speak out on Instagram, for him to do a live show, like he started to build these different things about who he is as an artist and what he stands for. So now fans are buying into it. You know, like his Instagram following grew rapidly over the quarantine. And that's a ton of artists that the quarantine, you can't tour, it's forced you to be able to, to reach your fans in a, a different, unique way. It humanizes you to, to the extent where now people start saying like, yo, maybe I should do, I can tap into Cardi B's uh, or 
any other artist's makeup tutorial, or maybe I'm I'm tuning into her point of view. So now you you're developing your influence that eventually you can use in other areas. Right, right. And and to speak on um, you know learning things from Cardi B, I had a consultancy call last week, um, and he kind of I was kind of talking about this, like how important your personal brand is, and how you got to kind of attack it from every angle so people invest in it. And I was just kind of like, and I'll say this on here too, so people can hear it. Um, everybody, everybody who is getting people to to buy into their personal brand is kind of laying out the keys for you, right? Like you can look at somebody's Instagram feed and see the, and see the post that they did in the last week. You can see the engagement on their posts. You can yeah. look at their Twitter and see the engagement on their Twitter. Obviously we don't really have access to like their emailing list or their text list or anything like that, but you can, you can look and see how your favorite artists, how your most favorite artists are, are portraying themselves. So people do buy into that brand, you know, and then, you know, pick and choose from the people that you like and then develop a plan of your own. It'll eventually morph into your own thing. You know what I mean? Um, Before we wrap, I kind of just want to ask you about um, innovativeness, innovation um, during the pandemic and, you know, some of the things that you've done in response to it to kind of change how uh, United Masters helps market their artists. And also, what do you think um, independent artists can do that maybe don't have United Masters help or tools yet to kind of navigate this uh, weird realm that we're in now? Yeah. So, like, I think, you know, the pandemic uh, caused us to realize, like, yo, we need to be as connected as we are with our artists, we have to be uh, even more connected um, and create opportunities for them to connect with other artists. Uh, so this week we launched a Discord channel um, so that way artists can off-platform be able to communicate. We're able to put content, uh, vital links uh, during a crazy time like this week, which was like protests all, all across the country. Um, like we got people in our platform that's on the front lines, right? But there's multiple artists on the front lines and they don't even know each other. So we created this Discord channel so that they can connect with each other and stay connected. Um, and I think that that's what it's about. It's like finding more creative ways that we can connect people and share information ultimately. And I think to answer your question about innovative and like you always have to be thinking about like what the next thing is, right? And then you have to take a few bets on trying it out and trying to build momentum um, because like, yo, a couple of years ago, people weren't on TikTok, you know, and it took time for, you know, those kids to build their following up and they built and they was able to control attention. And that's ultimately what it's about. If you have the ability to be able to control attention, um, then, you know, you can control where people, where you're directing people. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Awesome, man. Well, um, yo, thanks again for, for virtually coming out and being on the music business podcast. I'm glad, I'm glad it finally came together. Like you said in the beginning, you know, we've been trying to organize this for a while, but I was really excited to get you on for good reason. I think, I think United Masters is a, is a, uh, unique in a, in a good way, a model for, for artists and for independent artists. Um, I haven't quite seen a platform like it. And Sam and I, before the episode, were even saying that you guys kind of move like a startup, even though you guys have a lot of funding and the company is big, because that's just kind of, that's just kind of how it feels, you know? And I, and I think that is, it. Uh, I think that's admirable to especially independent artists who don't want to feel like they're, they're joining something huge, some conglomerate, right? So like you guys obviously have a huge user base, but you're making the, you're making the experience individualized, which, which I appreciate. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, we very much are a startup and, you know, like all our artists are startups as well, you know, so we're we're helping uh, our artists realize that, yo, we can build a business and 
you know, build some leverage and, and be able to realize everything I wanted to get out of my career. That's right. it, man. Awesome. A beautiful mission. We're so excited to see it continue to actualize too, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a, a true pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right. man david smart guy really grateful to learn about his experience loved his tactical advice when it comes to planning rollouts really starting at the foundation as far as what's the actual kind of narrative of the artists of the release and being able to use that to inspire and inform what are the different stories you want to tell and different sorts of content and activations you really want to look into i think that was super valuable um i also think united masters is just a powerful company and software tool with an incredible mission and i, I really am excited to see how music industry continues to evolve when it comes to the the power collectively that independent artists have what do you think jordan um, yeah i thought it was i thought it was dope man and and i think that you nice is doing a lot of things that and this is why they're ahead of the game in a lot of respects is they're doing a lot of things that already make sense nobody's just doing you know what i mean and that's almost kind of like what i think a good business idea is too something where you're like oh dang nobody made that yet it's like they're kind of doing that with independent artist careers. It's like, wow, nobody has offered these services to independent artists yet. Nobody has kind of given artists the tools themselves to to succeed on their own. And I think United Masters is doing that in a big way. Yeah, no, super fire. All right, well, as always, we appreciate y'all greatly. If you haven't already, please don't hesitate to go ahead and leave us a review to help us get the podcast. Uh, it'll help us understand what y'all love, maybe what y'all don't love. All, all feedback is good feedback in our book, but, but maybe just shoot that one in the DMs, not the, the public <laughs> the podcast feedback. But, uh, but we love y'all and we support y'all. Uh, so enjoy the rest of your week, nights. Get that leverage, 2020. We'll talk soon. That leverage. Peace.